I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. And we usually don't do this, but I really felt led to do this. Um, I want to have a, a, a brief moment of prayer. If you're at home, be nice if you stand as well. Um, a lot has been going on over the past week. Not the past week, sorry, the past month. And uh, I, I want to pray for a few things uh, before I get into the sermon. You may say, why are we doing this? Because out of all the words that God used to describe his house, and those of you who are a part of our ministry, you've heard this time and time again, but it's the truth. He didn't call his house the house of worship. Although a lot of worship goes on, he didn't call it the house of the word. He called this house the house of prayer. Isaiah 56, verse 7, and Matthew 21, verse 31, 13. So I want to pray for three uh, subjects right now. I want to pray for all that has occurred in Afghanistan, uh, the, refu the refugees, uh, the, the marine, the soldiers who have lost their lives over the past 20 years and wondering, was it a waste of time? The soldiers who, uh, though they didn't lose their lives, their lives have been forever changed because of uh, um, post-traumatic stress syndrome or loss of limbs. Like, folks, we're, we're going on with our nice long weekends. Having our cookouts and, and as uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Shannon Shop, you say, key, 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 and just laughing and enjoying. But there are people whose lives have for been ever changed. And now they look at what has happened. And, 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 and this is not about what side of the article, aisle you're on, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or pro-war or against war. The point is, is that these individuals are wondering, what, what was the sacrifice worth, worth it? Was it worth it? Not only that, but their loved ones. And so we want to pray uh, for that. We want to pray for those who were affected by uh, Hurricane Ida uh, from down south in, in Louisiana all the way up to New York and Connecticut. People's lives have been changed. Amen. Most of us, like me, we're going to go home to our nice homes and maybe have a cookout or watch television or, or put our feet up and, 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 and do a Netflix binge and all that. But people, some people are not going back to their homes. Right now, we're in a nice air-conditioned facility, and yet, if you're living down in New Orleans, it is hot, and there is no, there is no reprieve from that. And then we want to pray for the, the fires that are still raging in California, in Oregon, in Arizona. And then finally, and don't worry, it's not going to be a long time of prayer, but again, I just want to, I want to remind us that people are suffering and finally, those who are affected, especially you know, uh, about the, the COVID um, Delta variant that is still raging. How many of you know that we're still in a pandemic? I know some folks may be acting like it, we're not, but we're still in a pandemic, and people are losing their lives, and people's lives, and, and um, that's why back to school Sunday, next Sunday is gonna be so important for us because there's such an anxiety among our children and, and we need to pray, folks. Amen. How many agree that we need to pray? 
Amen. So even as I'm moving from subject to subject, don't just stare at me. I'm not the, no, I'm not the prayer guy. Are you following me? I'm not the prayer guy. Now, just because I'm standing up here, uh, 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 all I need you to do is pray your own prayer, agree with me in prayer, say amen. But, but we're praying together. Those of you online, please don't sit in your couch just saying, watching the show. Uh, amen. You know, like, like you're watching uh, your favorite movie or you know, we're, we're the, the on-demand channel for this moment. Uh, and you're having your, you know, well, too, too early for popcorn, but your bagels and donuts and, 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 and sausages and all the other things. But we, we want to we respect this time. And we're praying because we believe God is going to respond to our prayers. Amen. Are there any believers in prayer, in the power of prayer, that we don't, we're not speaking to the sky, we're not speaking to a ceiling, God answers prayer. So just agree with me right now. First of all, what I want you to do, just spend about 10 seconds just thanking God. Jesus says when we pray, hallow his name, we thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. Thank you for the honor of being in your house. Thank you that we can breathe and that we can walk around and we have a home to go to. We have clothes on our backs. We heard about the couple in New Jersey, their house blew up and they lost everything. All they have is their lives and their little child, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the situation in Afghanistan. Obviously, Lord, we bring our president before you, President Biden, that you give him wisdom on how to continue to maneuver and strategize and give him the wisdom to help us to make sure that we do the wise thing when, we, when it comes to an Af Afghanistan. And Father, though we've pulled out, Lord, we pray for the United States soldiers whether they be in the Marines or the Navy or the Air Force or the Army or, or Coast Guard or however they served, many have been affected forever, loss of limbs. Their families have lost loved ones. Children have lost dads. Wives have lost husbands. Husbands have lost wives. So much loss. Mothers have lost sons and daughters, fathers of so much loss, Lord, and to simply see as it will appear that it was a waste of time. Oh, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring a comfort that only can come from, from you, Lord. A comfort that only can come from you, Lord. I cannot imagine the pain, the anger, the anguish, the frustration, the disappointment. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will take that which is so hurtful and debilitating and touch and heal and bring the peace of the Lord and the joy of the Lord. Father, as a representation of those who've lost their lives, we think about Marine Sergeant uh, Johanny uh, Rosario of Lawrence, Lord, only 26 years old and lost her life from that explosion, trying to help people from Afghanistan to, to, to be able to catch that flight to freedom, Lord. Oh, Spirit of God, 
I pray in the name of Jesus that you will remember families like that and be the God of all comfort. Lord, certainly out of all of our time, we can take five minutes to cry out for these individuals, Lord. Because once we finish praying, we're going to go back to our lives, but their lives have been changed forever. The wife or the husband or the parent who has to take care of that paraplegic child who, who lost their mobility because of the war and now to hear the conclusion. Father, we pray for those who were victims of Hurricane Ida, Lord. Such devastation, Lord. Such destruction, Lord. Such loss of life. There are people right now still without power. Some without food. Some have lost everything, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have mercy. That you have mercy. Help us to pray as if it was one of our relatives. Help us to pray. We, we, there's so much terrible news that we can sometimes become uh, callous towards it. We sometimes become desensitized. Lord, let us not ever become desensitized to people's pain and people's loss. Father, as a church, I pray that whatever we can do, whether it's to seed into organizations that are helping to, to bring uh, uh, relief, such as the Red Cross and others, help us to do, help us to play our role in the many uh, uh, people who would help these individuals. Father, we pray for those who are still losing their lives and their possessions as this fire, this, this fire that has gone on all summer. It, has, it, it, it even rages now in Oregon and in California, in Arizona. I pray, Jesus, I pray, Jesus, that you'll put an end to this fire somehow, Lord, in the midst of the droughts and rain, Lord. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, because when all these calamities ha happen, Lord, help us to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, are you saying to America to repent? Because you said, Lord, when we see these things, we need to humble ourselves and pray. As churches, Lord, we need to humble ourselves and pray, Lord. And so we humble ourselves, Lord. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will watch over these families that have lost loved ones, some who even go to this uh, church and they, and, and they have families who, who have either lost their homes or they, they're, they're in danger of losing their homes. And Father, finally, we pray for this whole, this whole Delta variant, the COVID-19 coronavirus, Lord, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would watch. Thank you, Lord, that you've been watching over this house and protecting your people. Father, I pray that you would just watch. I, I, I just pray, Father, that you would speak to those people who need to get vaccinated, Lord. Oh, God, that, 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 that people will do whatever they need to do to stay healthy, Lord. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just help us, give us wisdom to do whatever we need to do as a people 
not, not as a church, but as a people, as part of this, this country, this world, whatever needs to be done to put this pandemic to a close. I pray, Father, that you bring about solutions, scientific solutions, but also spiritual solutions, Lord. Spirit of God, we need you. We need you. None of us ever expected that we would be going through this another year. None of us have expected that we would go through this another winter, Lord. Oh God, I, I remember when we finally heard from the news from our governor that we can put away our mask and all is well. And, and it seemed like, it seemed like unfortunately a cruel joke that for one month we were living life as normal and then now we're back to this, Lord. I pray for our children as they're starting school last week and this week. I pray for peace. I pray that the effects of this, this pandemic does not leave an indelible mark on their lives. I know my grandparents, Lord, who were marked by the Great Depression. It marked them for life. I pray, Father, that this pandemic does not mark children for life. And so, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. And this week, do something that will, that will cause each and every individual in this room and online, do something that will, that will allow us to realize, wow, God really did answer that prayer. We weren't wasting our time, that God did it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you take your seat, just take five, 10 seconds to give God a standing ovation. He is the King of glory. He is the God who answers prayer. Yes, he is. He is the El Shaddai, the Almighty One. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is there wherever we need him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you praise and we honor you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you so much for praying. And those of you who are watching online, thank you for praying as well. Praise the name of the Lord. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. I kind of put together the Amplified version with the Amplified Classic version of the scripture. And um, it says, and I will restore, this is the Lord speaking, compensate or replace for you. I'll replace for you. Could you turn to somebody and tell them the Lord said for you? Amen. 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 For, for you. The years, not days, not weeks, not months, but years, the locust has eaten. There's a saying that you can't get back time, but here God says, I have the ability to get time back for you. Lost time, wasted time, or time that was literally stolen from you. 
I want to speak to you on the subject, Restoring Broken Lives. Restoring Broken Lives. This is the mission of our church, and every once in a while, I feel like we need to return to the purpose for which we, by the grace of God, have been put a place in the city of Cambridge. We're not here to have some kumbaya moments. We're not here because it's good to have a religious experience and, be, and to be spiritual. I'm not here simply because, yes, it may be my job to be here, but that's not why, why I'm here. We have a mission, and every one of you have a mission. You, you, we have a corporate mission. We have a mission as a church, but each and every one of us also have our personal mission. I, I want to encourage you who have infants or you're pregnant uh, with, with a child or, or even thinking about adopting a child. I want, I want to encourage you to pray about the mission of that child. Because the word mission comes from a Latin word which means to send. So we were sent to Cambridge for a specific purpose. I, Brian Green, was sent to planet Earth for a specific purpose. When you were born, please understand you were sent. You were sent. And you have an assignment. And we're all going to have to stand before God and give an account for our assignment. Are you hearing me? We, we have to give an account. And, and what I love about God, and this is Matthew 25, it, he's going to say, we're going to be judged not on our fruitfulness. In other words, we're not going to be judged on whether we got an A, B, C, or D, or whether we produce thousands. The beauty of God's judgment is that he's going to judge us based on how faithful we were to what he called us to do. So even though people will look at your life and say, man, you did this for 25 years and produced nothing, God is going to say, you are faithful. Is that good news? God is going to say, you are faithful. Because sometimes we need to understand that that as much as Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 16, I believe it is, or 16, verse 15, I always kind of get it mixed up. He, he's ordained us to bear fruit, but we don't control the fruit. I can't control the fruit. All I can do is control being faithful. I can't control if this church will have thousands of people or just 100. I can't control that. All I can control is am I faithful to what God sent me to do. So Pentecostal Tabernacle, our mission is uh, to, the long version is to restore lives broken by the consequences of sin to the very same place where these same broken lives bring honor 
and glory that is credit to God. In other words, God in this place wants to take lives that are broken, heal those lives, and, and take those same lives that were broken that people said, ah, nothing's going to happen, that even you yourself said, ah, nothing's going to happen, and God will bring glory and credit to his name through those broken lives. In other words, it is simply put, restoring broken lives. Are you with me so far? And, and, and so I'll, I'll get into some points a little bit later about that. And so I, I want to remind us that's what we do. The measure of what we do is not how many fannies sit in the pews or how many views or how many people are watching online. The measure of our ministry is how many lives that have been broken by the consequences of sin, how many of those lives are being restored to the glory of God? Are you following me so far? And so that's, that's, that's what I'm always thinking about. It, it, uh, Ronald Reagan, years ago, uh, when he was running for president against uh, Jimmy Carter, and I remember this phrase, he said it, it was over 40 years ago, and it impacted me, and he said to, to people, he was, he was, um, it was during a debate, and he stood behind the debate desk, and he didn't argue and debate so much with Jimmy Carter. He simply looked in the camera and said this, let me tell you something. Are you better today than you were four years ago? If you were better today than you were four years ago, vote for this guy. But if, if you're worse, then maybe you should think about a change. And what am I saying? I'm saying that I'm constantly asking myself, God, are people's lives being changed closer to the image of Jesus Christ every year that they remain in this church? Come on, folks, those of you, and, and many of you understand this even as parents. As your children grow, am I as a parent adding value to my child? Or is my child getting worse for living in my home? I know there's things we can't control because our children have their own will. And so it's not fair to look at a parent and because their child turned out a certain way that may look negative in society that we look at the parents and say, see, you didn't do a good job. Just as a child does incredible and yet the parent was horrible. So my point is, is that I'm always thinking, God, are people's lives improving, not getting better according to man's point of view, but are their lives improving according to how you see their lives? So as I thought about this restoring broken lives, I, I said, well, let me look back at the original church. What do you mean the original church? Those of you who may not be familiar with the church universal, the church universal started almost 2,000 almost 2, years ago, and it's recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, that's considered the birthday of the church. 
And, 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 and Peter, and I'll read it for you, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and I'll read verses 1 to 18, but I'm skipping a whole lot of verses, so it's really not that much. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So 120 people were together praying, waiting for the gift that God was going to send, the promise. They didn't know what to expect. They just knew that God, Jesus said, wait here until you receive the promise. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, ah, that's the promise, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 14, Peter raised his voice and explained to the crowd of people what was going on because these people were speaking in different languages. And Peter says, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. Verse 16, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he starts to quote Joel. And it, and it shall come to pass that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men will, shall dream dreams. Verse 18, even on my servants, both male and female, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so what's, what, what, what really caused me to think is like, okay, Peter is referring to a historical event. Now watch this. As I said, this is, this is uh, September 5th, 2021. 2,000 years ago, Peter speaks about this thing called the church that is birthed, but he uses a prophet by the name of Joel who was born 800 years or eight centuries prior to Peter speaking this message. So me, because I'm a lover of history, and I said, well, let me see what Joel said that Peter's referring to. I will pour on all kinds of people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So I was like, okay. Peter is making his reference. Now I see where Peter is quoting the scripture. So I, I asked myself, what made Joel say this? What, what was going on in the time that Joel said or prophesied God is going to pour out his spirit? Well, Joel, his name is actually made up of two words, Joe, G-O, short for Jehovah, and E-L, which is God. So his name means the Lord is God. Are you with me so far? And during this time, help me, Holy Spirit, Israel is going 
Israel's going through a season where there are wildfires burning up the entire country. Sound familiar? Not only that, you can read, you can read it for yourself. There's only, two well, there's only two chapters that get up to this point. Read chapter one. And there is a plague of locusts that, that God has released in the country because of their lack of repentance. Now, the scripture tells us when, 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 when God sends a locust, when sends the locust, for example, in the book of Exodus, he sends the plague of the locust that chew up everything, uh, everything green destroys, harvest des destroys, plants. And then God says to uh, Solomon, when Solomon prays in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, don't worry, I'm going to get to the good part. To, uh, he, 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 he says to Solomon, if the locusts come and destroy the land, I got a remedy for you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. What do you mean? I will take care of ravage the, the land. And, and I was doing some studying because I was trying to picture what were, what were what were people feeling as these locusts came through the entire country? See, Joe was prophesying to the nation of Judah, the capital city, being Jerusalem, and he's telling them that, that what you're experiencing is, is the judgment of God. And I, was, I did some studying and, and found out that when, the locust, when a locust plague comes, they can cover as much as 40 miles. Could, folks, could you imagine? We're not talking about locusts just covering a city. We're talking about 40 miles. From here to Worcester is 60 miles. So could you imagine and hearing the sound of these locusts and, and what, my God, you have different kind of locusts. The baby locusts, because they can't, because they can't fly, they're, they're eating up all of the, all of the um, crops and all the plants on the ground. The ones who are flying, they're tearing up uh, and eating everything in the trees. And, 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 and there's devastation to the point that the animals don't have any food, that, that, that the priests can't even do their duty to offer wine because the grape harvest has been destroyed and the people of Israel they are they're almost like many of the people who we just prayed about they've lost everything and people are going to die and are dying out of starvation because the locusts have destroyed everything and God looks at them through the prophet Jones says, I know this looks bad. I know that this is horrible. In fact, it's so horrible that read it for yourself. Joel, Joel says, if you're on your honeymoon, 
cancel your honeymoon and come and pray and fast. <laughs> Fathers, bring your children and, let's, and, and call a holy assembly to fast and ask God to do something. And what's the point I'm getting at? God says, if you will pray, I will not only respond, but I will restore the years that the plague, that the pandemic, all that has happened, I will restore. That's good news. I will restore whatever you lost. I will restore. I have seen and heard of so many people getting ridiculously blessed even in the midst of the pandemic. We just had a testimony last week of a, a, a woman in our church. Her, her, her brother or her cousin uh, uh, got in a, I didn't think a car accident or something. Anyways, they were, they were, they were in a coma. They were a vegetable and, and, and no longer could talk, move. The doctor said, it's over. Your, your, your cousin will never speak or your cousin will never respond. And, and the person brought the prayer to the midnight prayer and maybe morning prayer. And, and, and I don't want to mention their name, but, but you would know if I mentioned their name. And they prayed and prayed. And this last week, this last week, their cousin came out of the coma and started speaking. I'm telling you folks, God is going to restore. He, and who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows if that cousin or brother was not saved and gave their life to Jesus Christ because they knew how close they were to death. Oh, God is going to take that which the devil meant to kill you and make good on it. So that in the final analysis, only God will get the glory. Is there anybody here who got a pandemic blessing? I mean, the I mean, got a job that you shouldn't have got, got a home that you shouldn't have got, somebody got saved that shouldn't have got saved. That somehow God has the ability to restore years. Woo! Years. 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 He says in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, let me read it for 27. He says, So I restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawler locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall have, you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. And when you and when you eat, and you are satisfied, and you will praise the name of the reputation of your Lord, your God, who has dealt wonderfully with you. And my people, I love this, my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am in the midst of Pentecostal Tabernacle. And I am the Lord, your God, and there is none other besides me and my people shall never be put to shame. Let me tell you something. I believe God is going to not simply show up more in this house. He's going to show up more in your house. In your house. 
in your house. I believe the day's coming that when you step over the fresh threshold of your own home, of your own room, you're going to say, my God, I feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, what is going on here? I know you think I'm crazy, but that's all right. I noticed yesterday, I told my wife this, and this, turn your name and said he's just talking about himself. Okay, okay, you may think I'm crazy, but that's all right. For about the last three weeks, I noticed that every time I got in my car, I felt the presence of the Lord. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not those demon behind every pew guys or angels all over the place, although I believe in angels. But finally, I said, Lord, is this me or is your presence in my car? He said, Brian, my presence is in your car. So sometimes I just get in the car and just drive because I just want to be in his presence. I just want to be, sometimes I will go to stores that I don't even need anything, but I'll just drive to the store just because his presence is there. And I believe that God is, oh, Lord have mercy. He's going to start choosing the most unusual places in your life to show up. For some of you, it may just be a prayer chair. What do you mean a prayer chair? You know, you have all these chairs, but some, for some reason when you sit in this chair, anybody have a prayer chair? I don't know, I, I have a prayer chair. I, we, we, have, we have an entire room that is dedicated to prayer. I try praying in that room, and it's not that I don't feel the presence of the Lord, but I'm like, God, I'm not feeling your presence, not like my chair. He said, well, go to your chair, because I've been sitting in that chair for about 24 years now. I, I got that, that chair anointed. It, it even, I mean, pardon me, but even when I sit down, the chair says, welcome back. <laughs> I prophesy to some of you that you're about to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we're going to do at the end of this service, I am believing God, we, Carmen and I have been praying that our children I'm talking about children like Samuel's, three years old, that they will have encounters. Yeah. I've come to the conclusion that we can sing all the latest worship songs and that'll do nothing. I can preach some of the best sermons that I could ever preach and, and, and nothing will happen. But I'll tell you something, there is nothing on planet Earth that can substitute for a personal encounter with God. Our children, our students, people need an encounter with God that will change their lives forever. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had an encounter with God? Have, have you ever, how many of you had such an encounter that you can even mark the year? The age, how old you were when it happened, where it happened, that will ever mark your life. I'm talking about restoring broken lives. Let me conclude. The word restore, just so we know what we're trying to do, when he says, I'll restore to you years, this word restore is an interesting word. I, I didn't realize that the word restore 
comes from a Hebrew word, and it's the Hebrew word salam, S-A-L-A-M, as in Jerusalem. And so this word restore means a, a covenant of peace, compensation, to make good, to make mends, to make restitution. In other words, God's saying, I am going to compensate you for the years you lost. I'm going to make a covenant of peace. Now, in the, in, in, in the Hebrew mind, peace is not simply just an absence of war. Peace is not simply uh, the opposite of confusion. But peace, shalom, also means success. And it seems like God is saying, I'm going to take your life, which looks like it was a failure, and I'm going to make it a success. A success based on what God considers successful. And so when I look at lives in church, I'm saying, God, whose lives are you restoring? Whose lives are you bringing salam to? Whose lives are you bringing peace to? Whose lives who you are turning from what would seem like to be a failure into a success? Because if that's happening in this church on a regular basis, then we are fulfilling our mission of seeing lives restored. Now let me close with this, and uh, Ohenny, I want you to get ready so you can pray. Um, when we talk about broken lives, there are obviously things that, that you can look at things and say they are broken. Now maybe there's a, there's a keyboard and there's a key on the keyboard that is, that's missing half of its ivory or a key is missing, you say, yeah, that thing is broken. But then there are things that are broken that don't look broken. Many of us, you know, before COVID hit, you probably worked at a, uh, some of us may have worked at, a, at a, uh, a, a, an office like I used to before I became a pastor, and, and you would go to the copy machine, and the copy machine would have a note that says, out of order. Are you with me? Out of order. And you look at it, and you're saying, well, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's broken. But when you press the buttons, nothing happens. Out of order. What am I saying? I'm saying that when a thing is out of order, it may be able to do some things, but it can't do everything that it was created to do. And I believe that God, <laughs> God wants to take many of us who think we're not broken, and he's basically saying, and, and this really struck me, I, we've had this mission for as long as I've been pastor, which I'm going on 27 years of pastor, and the Lord says something to me that, that, sh that shocked me. He said, Brian, your life is broken. I said, what? 
don't you know I'm the bishop? He said, your life is broken. I said, what do you mean? He said, your life is not doing all that I created it to do. Oh, you're going to like this. How many of you have a dishwasher? This, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a deep person. Dishwasher, okay? And so I had a dishwasher. And we just bought a brand new dishwasher um, this year. Uh, the old one, no, it, it served us well. So we started washing the dishes. And we noticed, what is it called? Help me out here. What's it called? Okay. What's it called? A dishwasher. A dishwasher. Call it a dishwasher. It's called a dishwasher, which means it should be what? Praise the Lord. I'm not a deep guy. Every time we washed the dishes, they came out wet. I was getting ticked off. I started lamenting over the dishwasher that we once had. But notice, it's called what? So why should I be upset at the dishwasher when it's not being a dish dryer? It's called what? So I should not be upset that if it's, that it's not drying dishes, how many of you have a dryer? Like a clothes dryer. So you expect the clothes dryer to dry. How many of you have a washer, a, dish, a, a, a clothes washer? Now, come on, I'm, I'm not being deep. I want you to get this. As much, that thing can spin for three hours in the, in the washer. It'll never get the clothes dry. Can I get a witness? Because what? It's a what? Washer. And when you put your clothes, you, if you put your dirty clothes in the dryer and you spit it, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> a dryer, I don't care how much heat comes out of that dryer, your clothes are still nasty. <laughs> because it's a what? <laughs> so where you going with this, Bishop? The reason why I was upset that the clothes wasn't drying, I'm sorry, the, 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 the dishwasher wasn't drying the dishes, whoo, mm, mm, mm. Anybody, anybody have a Bible, like a, a real Bible, not a, not a, can you pass me that Bible, please, to get the closest one? Thank you. So I went, this was going on for like a month and a half. 
and every cycle, and finally I got so upset, I called the, I called the manufacturer, talked about warranty, I even went to the store, I'm not gonna mention the place, I even went to the store, and I talked to the expert. Are you with me? I talked to the expert, the person who sells the stuff. And I said, my dishes aren't drying. Well, I didn't say it in that tone because I'm a Christian. My dishes are not drying. But inside, I was like, my dishes aren't drying. <laughs> and, and so I, I said, maybe it's me. I said, I pressed this button that says, uh, Heat dry. Look, as my boss used to say, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Heat dry. I press heat dry. Is that supposed to dry the dishes? He says, yes, it should. I said, well, it's not. So then finally, I got this bright idea, Denver. I went to the manual. First of all, I found out that though it's a dishwasher, the manual says it also should dry my dishes. How many of you operate stuff without looking at the manual? Raise your hand. Men, men should raise both hands. <laughs> Kicking the thing and what? <laughs> that was me. So finally, I saw this little this little, some of you online are looking at your dishwasher now. Uh, and, and this little line says, in case your dishes are not drying enough, buy a can or a bottle of liquid rinse. And it will help dry your dishes. And so I said, yeah, right. These things been coming out wet as anything. You mean just, just little liquid? So I said, you know, I, as my, as my mother-in-law used to say, I will obey. And I poured just a little bit into the rinse. Them dishes came out so dry. At first, I was excited. Woo! -hoo! Then I said, I wasted six weeks be because I didn't look at. How much time are you wasting in your life because you're not looking? at the manual. You see, and I'm, I'm gonna pick on him because he's one of my daughter's favorite speakers. But Troy, could you stand up for a moment? So Troy is a professor at a university, okay? And, and so my, my point is this, you just stay standing, is that we can get so, I can get so enamored with Troy's title, watch this, his label, that as long as he's being a good professor, bravo. But what if Troy's a horrible father? What if Troy's a horrible dad? What if Troy's just a horrible son? 
The other thing is, is that Troy, if some of you know, he's a good preacher. Oh, yes, he is. But, but what if I just kept him in the professor block? That's why God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has to restore lives that are broken. He will do it. And so I'm believing God that as we are about to embark on Back to School Sunday next week, one of the things we're going to be doing is to see the power of God bring about restoration, restore years, put lives back in order. I look at all these children and college students and I sit back and say, God, I wonder who they really are beyond the label that we see. If you'd have told my wife that she was going to be the wife of a pastor, she would have told you you're out of your mind. And yet, here she is. Here she is. And, and, and to be transparent, no, my, my wife, she shared it publicly, but she was, she was sexually molested as a child. And if you would look at her life, and, and, and she herself didn't want to get married. She herself was, didn't, would never could never see how God could heal her and make her whole. But as young people say, won't he do it? So don't tell me that there's an area in your life that the power of Jesus' love cannot restore. My prayer is that God brought you to the right place where God will bring peace that only he can bring. Oh, honey, I'm going to ask you to come right now. And we're going to be praying. We have spent, as a church, the Lord had led me the Lord had led me. He said, Brian, this season is so tough that, um, why don't you come up here? This has been such a tough season. Usually for Back to School Sunday, we just anoint all the students and all the educators. But this year, we're giving every, uh, every student and every educator their own vial of oil. We have hundreds of them here. Because one of the things I want, I want children to anoint themselves. Because I'm believing that God, what the enemy has meant for evil, God is going to show off. I believe, and you may say, well, how do I know it myself? Well, I will show you later, but for me, when I know I'm going to preach, I anoint my tongue. Lord, help me to say what I should say. Sometimes I anoint my heart. Sometimes I anoint my feet. 
Sometimes I note my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice differently. Help me to hear your voice. Because sometimes God will, sometimes God will speak through people who you don't like. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. Sometimes God will speak through your enemies. It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. We are, oh, bring the prophet. Prophet, bring the person I like. Sometimes God will speak to you through people who you don't like, and that's why you have to have ears to hear what the Lord says. Over the next two weeks as we pray, I'm going to be sharing next week on how to know the will of God. How to know the will of God. How to know what God wants you to do. And I'm going to talk about five, nine signals, nine indicators. Because some of you, God is speaking to you, but you ain't hearing. You didn't like what I said. Some of you, God is speaking to you, but you're not hearing. Some of you, God is speaking to you, but you're not hearing. Sometimes God will speak to you through circumstances. I'm called to preach, but people keep sleeping every time you preach. The Lord could be speaking. God is not here to fulfill our dreams. He's here to fulfill his will. I want everybody to stand at this time. Oh, Henny, could you? I'll give you this one. We'll be giving these out next week. So please invite your friends. I was told, let me just announce a few things here. Back to School Sunday is next Sunday. We, will, we already have, I think in the back, some postcards for you to hand out. That's the old-fashioned way for some of us. We also have some back-to-school graphics on social media. T snatch those off and send them to your friends. We are go oh yes, Ooh. you may like there's gonna be some prizes and some giveaways, some goodie bag bags and food. Now I think one year we gave away the college students' favorite food, Raymond noodles. Uh, <laughs> any, any of my Raymond noodles folks out here, yeah. Ramen, yeah, ramen noodles, yeah, ramen noodles, yeah. As you can tell, that, that, no, that, wasn't, that wasn't working for me. But my point is, is that but we're trying permission from the city to do this or so waiting on a permit. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is because if the city says no, then you won't miss anything. Uh, but we want, but we, we, Friday night, we were praying for these bottles. We, we pray for them again this morning, or afternoon now, morning still, we're going to be praying over these. Those of you who are online, if you could just point your hand to your screen, point your hand to your, to your phone, whatever device you're looking at, and we're going to pray that when students and educators anoint themselves, I am believing God, I am believing God, that when this school year is over, in 2022, teachers, educators, and students will say, 
this is one of the best years of my life. This is one of the best years of our life. We're coming against spirits of anxiety and, and all sorts of things that will cause people to lose hope. We want to see the, restor the, rest the restoring power of God. So, and if you could pray, and those of you, before he prays even right now, we want to give him, I'm going to ask you to pause just for a minute before you pray. I want to stop the countdown, and I'm going to ask you to stop praying. You would stop praying. There's something about united prayers Dr. Yang shared that will make a difference. And some of you who are students who are going to receive these bottles of oil, you have a vested interest in this. I believe that some of, I believe that some of you, God's going to say, I want you to anoint the seat of some of your fellow students. Are you hearing me? Teachers, some of you need to anoint the seat of some of your students, like the bottom, not the, the top, okay? Elder Anita shared uh, when she was a teacher, she's retired now, but she had a student that was the worst student was in, in the class or in the school? In the class. Yeah, yeah, worst student in the class, and she decided, I'm going to anoint this child's seat. hundreds of bottles. Those of you at home, point your hand in the direction of this. Father, you said in your word, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, the King James verse, you said, it is the anointing that destroys the yoke, destroy bondages in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 that when David was anointed with olive oil, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. That's chapter 16. In chapter 17, he ended up killing Goliath. He slew his giant because he was anointed in the previous chapter. That is not by accident, Lord. We believe it's not by might or by power, but by your Spirit. We come against the spirit of drug addiction. We come against the spirit of... of of alcoholism, we come against the spirit of any suicidal spirits, any PD, uh, uh, PSDs spirit, or post-traumatic stress syndrome spirits, Lord. We come against uh, spirits of anxiety. We come against uh, uh, spirits of bondages to, to pornography and all sorts of vices, Lord. We come against, oh God, the spirit that destroys people's self-image and their self the, the, the self-confidence, Lord. We come against it in Jesus' name. And we believe in you, Lord, that we're going to hear testimonies. We're going to hear stories of what happened. There's no power in this oil, but there's power in your spirit who is touching this oil in the name of Jesus. Restore lives, Lord. This is the season that you're going to restore broken lives. You're going to put lives back in order. 
put lives in back in order, things that they can do that they didn't even know they can do for your honor and glory. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, we have been reminded today of our mission that restore broken lives is more than talk. Bishop has come back and said, remember who you are and what you are called to do. He's come back and said, you say this, it's on the board outside. Would you now live up to that which we said we would be? We don't want to be that dishwasher that doesn't dry. We don't want people to come in and just leave wet and say, well, what was that all about? That was a wonderful experience, but my life is the same. Oh, no, Lord, you're calling us. You're calling us to change lives, to stand in the gap for lives. And Lord, some of us are in our heads and we say, well, well how's this going to work? A bunch of oil? And, and some of us were, were, you know, this is something new to us. And so, Lord, we remember, even though I'm standing here and it's going through my head, I, we remember the story of those who brought their friend to Jesus. And they tore up the roof and they let down a sick person. And Jesus didn't say, wow, for you coming here, we, you were saved. He said, no, the faith of your friends, the faith of those who brought you, who sent for you, the faith of other people has made you well. People of God, we come today and we pray for God who says our faith can make a difference for someone else. And so it is our faith that we pour into these vials because we desire to stand in the gap for our students and for our teachers. Lord, as Bishop has laid out, this is a community of need. We infuse these vials with, our, with your spirit, God. We declare students of the week and students of the month. We declare financial provision. We declare freedom from abuse. We declare freedom from mental challenge that every child, Lord, who's been put on the spectrum through trauma and they're hiring counselors by the dozens. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let something be different for every student. And this oil gets hot. Father, we contend for them. We're not giving them to depression. We're not giving them to suicide. We're not giving a generation that does not understand math or science or English. We are not giving up on them. And for our teachers, Lord, some who have been forced to be vaccinated, who was forced first, they said they won't pay for the vaccine. Now they'll pay for it. Now you have to get it. Now you got more students because kids came back. Now you got this and that. Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you be a way maker for every teacher? Would you be a provider? Would you be a comforter? Lord, we pray that teachers will look at children and say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help me. That when the teacher cries out to you, even when they don't know they are, and say, oh God, I need your help. Lord, answer. Answer, God, because you are a God who seeks. Lord, your people say, if your people would humble themselves and pray and call on you, Lord, that you would turn as Bishop has taught us, and you would heal their land. So, Lord, we pray. People of God, pray, pray, pray. This is the next minute. Just pray. We pray because, and Lord, and some of us are saying, well, what about my situation? Some say, what about this? What about that? Father, we know that it is easier, Lord, sometimes to pray for someone else. 
And when we see the faith of someone else, when we see what you would do, God, you would then give us faith for ourselves. Let's be honest. So we pray, Lord, we pray that you'd give us the audacity to invite someone to say, your life needs to be changed. To invite someone who says, I, you're a teacher, come to my church because they're going to be passing out these vows. We pray that you give us the audacity that we not pray safe prayers, that we invite our children and we bring them in, Lord. Yes, I know, I have two unvaccinated children. We bring them into the house so they can receive what the Lord has in faith. Father, we activate our faith. We activate our faith now because you have called us to restore broken lives, Lord. So infuse these vials. Extend your hands if you're in the house towards these vials. Extend your hands and push in your spirit. Push healing. Push transformation. Push freedom. Push deliverance. Push wellness of mind. Push healing of body. Push freedom from abuse. Push financial provision. Push safe raising. Push physical disabilities. Push into them in the name of Jesus. That every vial that goes forth would have the marking of you, Holy Ghost. And that with that one we begin to pray according to what we say. And though we don't see, we keep praying. Though we can't see, we keep praying. Because it is your anointing, the anointing, Lord, that will make the difference, that breaks the yoke. And Father, we come into agreement. We come into so much agreement that we would be those who do audacious enough to anoint people who are not even here. That you would turn people to the church of people who go forth. I pray that we'd be running to our schools, we'd be running to our communities, run to our own children and anoint the child. Lord, that we'd be people who turn to anointers. And when we anoint, we would not look at the outcome and just wait for the deliverance. Oh, David was anointed for years, and then he was chased, hiding for his life. But he was still a king. He was anointed king, and then he had to work years. But the anointing was still true. So we pray, as Bishop has said, we want it all. We don't want to miss out six weeks because we didn't read the manual. The manual says the anointing breaks the yoke. The manual says that you would do this. And so we declare it and we receive it. Start with these vials in our students and let this be like, like, Lord, let this be like a counterplague to locusts. Let this spread like wildfire across PT and across the global body. I see it like coming against that plague of locusts. Oh, that's uh, just the anointing, declaring his tree. Just start declaring territory, taking it for him, taking it for God. We thank you, Father. And we believe that what we've said will come to pass. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And let all God's people say, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. Can you please remain standing? I'm going to let you go. Again, we're really excited. This is going to be a back-to-school Sunday like no other. If the Lord opens the doors that we're believing in for, um, we're going to spend a lot of money <laughs> because we really feel like this is a year like none other, and God is going to show up. I, I can hardly wait to hear the stories that children and students and educators, and, and again, you may not be a teacher, you may work with students. I know Brother Jeff works with students. I know uh, Brother Aaron, they may not be teachers, but they work with students. Please, you get your oil as well. 
and be bodacious. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it may not make sense, but what do you have to lose? Amen. If nothing else, you least, you least you'll apply oil to an ashy place. But other than that, who knows what God will do? Praise the name of the Lord. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Uh, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, you don't have to wait to next week to get the anointing. Uh, you, you can receive the, the anointed one, <laughs> the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to not simply come on you. He wants to live inside of you. That's what salvation is all about. Salvation simply means being rescued from sin and the effects of sin and the consequences of sin. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, if you've never invited him into your heart to give you eternal life, he loves you so much that he died on the cross of Calvary to rescue you from eternal separation from him. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're not talking about joining this church, so don't worry about that. It's about joining Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes closed. If you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you remember me, include me in this final prayer because I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Or I was walking with Jesus, I'm no longer walking with him, but I'm coming back. If that's you, could you slip up your hand and I want to include you in this prayer. Anybody here, you want to give your life to the Lord, want to make sure we don't miss anybody. Okay. Those of you who are online, you're watching online, and you're saying, I wish I was there so that I could receive Jesus. No, you can receive Jesus right where you are. Well, how do I do that? Repeat this prayer after me. And everybody, could you repeat this prayer after me so that that way the person online who's receiving Christ will not feel alone? Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I come to you and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. Let me pause right there. Again, if you're online, say this prayer with me and you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross of Calvary so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, I am asking you right now, come into my heart, save me from my sin, and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. And right now I know I'm God's child. Amen. Can we just give it God a hand clap for those? If you receive Jesus Christ online, or if you received him here, you didn't raise your hand because you're kind of nervous, but you said that prayer. If you said that prayer, Jesus now lives in your heart. It's not about lifting your hand up publicly or walking down aisle. It's about simply receiving Christ. So if you did that here, we're going to ask you to let the ushers know so that we can send you material. 
those of you who received Christ online, please email us to let us know that you received Jesus so that we can send you some material free of charge. We just want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Let's bow our heads. I want to bless you right now. And then um, it's been a while since I've been at church. Do we have a reception in the park after service? Yes, no, somebody give me some help here. No, no, okay, so it's a long week and you let people go home, okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. May the grace of God, may the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the grace of Jesus Christ rest and abide with you from now, throughout this long weekend, may the angels of the Lord protect you from any hurt, harm, or danger. And may this week be one of the best weeks that you've ever had this year. I bless you in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have a fantastic week in the Lord. row by row. Make sure you keep your mask on and you can talk to your friends outside. God bless you.